Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor. Hello and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. The Bachelor podcast that asked the question, Zabie, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> to do with this show? Yeah, we're a full-on singing competition now, man. Yeah, dude. We've given up on all that. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's still it's a driving concern. I think it's underlining things, but it's more like how that affects the performances more than like, I don't care about these people's feelings. Right. Uh, love is ancillary and I'm fine with it, you know, Hell which yeah. is so weird on a Bachelor show. <laughs> Usually we're like, I feel like we watch The Bachelor and we're like, Oh, it's all about the love story. Show us more of the love. And now we're here like, show us the singing. Yeah, I'm like, get that love shit out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want the drama and I want the singing and I want the drama to impact the singing. That's right. all I care about. And it's good. I've, I Again, I enjoyed the show this week. I feel like maybe this was the weakest episode so far. There, just because there were some, um, there were some low moments at the start. Mm-hmm. Because what mm-hmm. are you going to do with a four-hour bus trip to Las Vegas? Well, yes. It's interesting, isn't it? What they do <laughs> at that time. It's such a weird episode this week. We are going to get there. It's like it's the sort of thing where you feel like definitely the show does not know what it's doing, you know? Right. And they're making it up as they go, and it's kind of cool to see this rogue, avant-garde bachelor. Mm, it's kind of like if you were listening to a podcast and the host didn't introduce themselves at the start. <laughs> Breaking formula. Oh, dear. My name is Max Quinn. Joining me is the BOH co-captain Xavier Rebetsky-Noonan. Xavier, hi. Hello, Max. I'm a little bit upset. It's, I mean, like, I like that it's just us boys, but I'm a little bit upset that we don't have a guest this episode. Mm. Um, we talked about this a little bit during the week. I actually planned to bring my partner Evie on for this episode, um, who did our artwork. She's my partner. We live together. We're spending all our time in ISO together. Mm-hmm. But... I'm going to be the bigger man and admit that I'm actually in the doghouse. I really fucked things up with her this week. Oh, shit. What'd you do? Well, I mean, okay. So I feel like we're going to be able to patch it up. But earlier this week, she came in and she caught me red-handed creeping with the girl next door. Oh, my God. Okay, that sounds pretty bad, but picture this. Okay. We were both buck naked, (laughs) banging on the bathroom floor. (laughs) Now, and she caught me on camera. So, okay. So, but doesn't Evie, what's, what's happening here? What's her key situation? That, well, how could I forget Mm. that I had given her an extra key? So you took her first key away from her, I assume. (laughs) Well, of course. The moment (laughs) that we started dating, I said, well, listen, this isn't going to work because I do some stuff that I want you to know about. So you're going to have to hand this key back that you had previously. What? And so this whole time she's standing there. Well, yeah. Uh... 
Look, you might even me. say that she never took her eyes off you. Well, exactly. She couldn't <laughs> stop. She couldn't stop staring. And so what do you say? How did you defuse this situation? Uh, well, I, you know, I mean, honestly, I tried to pull some shit and I don't think it went very well. Uh, and now I'm in trouble for gaslighting her oh. and telling an easily disprovable lie because she had video evidence. It's really gone down the plug hole. So anyway, just us boys. <sighs> Tell you what, uh, if you hadn't guessed there was a shaggy date this week, you know, <laughs> if you hadn't guessed, oh dear. Uh, look, I am uh, excited for the Scooby date that we get next week. <laughs> That's a fucking good idea. Hey, uh, Rot Row, uh, I don't know. The, the ghost mystery van has gone disappeared. Oh no, not the ghost mystery van. You know what it's like on this? Yeah. Yeah. So this episode of the podcast coming to you live from the doghouse, <laughs> sleeping on the couch that we installed in the doghouse. Oh, you know, look, uh, at least the doghouse has a couch, you know? Um, yeah. Comfy. Uh, some people uh, don't have that luxury. And mm. I like, look, I'm just happy that she has been so gracious um, in this time of obvious peril for the both of you. Oh, look, honestly, she's my darling and my angel. Yep. Yeah, closer um, than, um, you've said this to me often, that closer than your peeps as she is to you. Right, and something about my time of need? <laughs> I, uh, it's been a little while. <laughs> it's been a little while since me and Shaggy uh, really... She's really your friend up. when you're in need. That's the one, yeah, of course. So yeah, Shaggy, obviously the big news, the big star of <laughs> this episode... Hard to remember what else happened this week, really. Very, very difficult. I can tell you that we have got four couples left. They are Bree and Chris, Rudy and Matt, uh, Natasha and Ryan, and Jamie and Trevor. Mm-hmm. Are you ready mm-hmm. to jump in? Yeah, I think we we should, um, honestly. Um, the, the one thing I'm a little bit worried about is that there's a big part of this episode that we're actually not going to be allowed to talk about. Talk to me about that. Well, uh, it takes place in this mythical place known as Las Vegas, <laughs> which is shrouded in secrecy. Mm, and okay. frankly, it's kind of, I don't know if a spell has been cast, but I truly can't remember anything that happens there. Yeah, it's, it's true. The majority of the episode. So this will be a short one, folks. Yeah, look, we're looking at a 15 minute record time. And, you know, thank you so much for joining us here on the Bachelor of Hearts <laughs> podcast. Maybe what we should do is just speculate about what might have happened in Vegas. All right, so uh, this is um, this is strictly hypothetical. Right, we don't yep. know any of this for sure, but this is like based on what we've learned about these couples from the previous episodes. Yep, it's just like uh, an analysis of what what could happen. Yeah. So the first thing that happens is um, Ed Helms has a hangover. Okay, we'll start there. <laughs> right. Uh, well, yeah, because he had a big night that night. Hey, you know? Uh, do you know what happened? Do you remember? <sighs> Frankly, so we're I'm going to have to piece together. Something with a monkey, maybe? Mm, or a baby. Is there a baby? Yeah. I don't know. Is it Dunstan Checks In? I feel like Dunstan Checks In is a superior movie to The Hangover. <laughs> is that also based in Las Vegas, Nevada? I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. Mm. We begin the episode with Jamie blaming Natasha for Brandon and Julia being sent home last week. You love to see it. Now, sorry, Zaif, did Natasha perform that turgid cover of We Belong and not Julia and Brandon? I must have missed that. No, I think I seem to remember Natasha fucking killed it last week. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, it is time to pack your bags and leave the mansion because we are going 
to Vegas. And sure, look, it's the desert city of Los Souls and shotgun weddings, but we're getting there in the back of four gigantic buses that every touring musician definitely has access to. <laughs> right, it's the most realistic thing in the world. Um, there's a, just a really great moment of Chris Harrison that I wanted to spotlight right at the top here. Because he comes in, he does his usual sort of like, I think Osher does this stuff really well in the Australian series where he's just like friendly and he's like curious about what's going on, but he kind of gets to the point. Chris Harrison, I think is like a robot. Like oh, he's, yeah. he's truly like, um, he, he tries to play this card that like, oh, we've all come so long, such a long way in the last like three weeks or whatever. Um, but then he, he recaps this like public, I love you that he squeezed out of Brie and Chris at the last episode. <laughs> and he goes, Chris, Brie, I don't mean to shine a light on it, but kind of a big moment in your relationship last night on stage. What was that emotion that went through your body that made you say, I love you in that moment? <laughs> Tell me of your human emotions. How does it affect your human bodies? What is this love you feel? Right. <laughs> And then, yeah, he's like, you know, we can't move forward right now in Los Angeles. Uh, famously, very few opportunities for uh, artists, musical types, that sort of thing. No one wants to um, go there to do any of that. It, no, exactly. And so he says, we're leaving the mansion. We're leaving Los Angeles for good. The state of California has condemned this show. And all of you are being forcefully removed from the Los Angeles County. And like you said, four tour buses show up. Wild. Can you, like, four tour buses is, uh, I don't know, that's what Travis Barker takes, right? Like, right. to get venue to venue. I don't, I don't understand uh, anyone who thinks that this is the life of luxury that they are going to lead from here forth, because what is actually going to be happening is that Sheridan, from the last four episodes, is going to be driving you around the country in the back of his fucking Subaru. <laughs> I was going to say, it would be amazing if they try and replicate a somewhat realistic experience yep. where, like, they're squeezing into a car that's 20 years old and the air conditioner doesn't work. Uh, one of them's, like, driving. There's, like, guitars across the lap yeah, of someone's them got across their the amp backstage. on their lap fully. Right, yeah, totally, yeah. They're making pit stops, but only in the most necessary uh, <laughs> senses of the word, but otherwise, like, peeing into bottles and stuff. So strange. Yeah. We check in with Rudy and Matt first. They are reflecting on their journey together and sure. the stakes for this episode are being established. Basically, we're really going to tug at the will they, won't they narrative thread of Rudy and Matt. And in confessional, we hear each of Rudy and Matt expressing some amount of trepidation for what's coming. So mm. we hear um, Matt saying that he's in trouble and we hear uh, Rudy saying that she can't pick where Matt's head's at. And then we get kind of like this vulnerable confessional from Matt where he says that he's been hurt before and he's guarded and mm. it sets up for some real coaxed out, strenuous bachelor bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, am I falling in love with Rudy or do I see that as a possibility? Well, of course I see it as a possibility, but I'm a little hesitant to say that I'm falling for her, even though I might be. I don't know. It's so confusing. I'm like, okay, I'm very inspired. Right, yeah. right. So this is like, you know, when they have no story to tell, so they kind of engineer a story. Yeah. They have people ask questions of themselves and then try and answer them non-committally. That's exactly what is happening here. Right, right. So this I, I want to also point out this funny thing about the tour buses, which like, it is strange enough that there are that many of them or whatever, but you, uh, you see a little bit of footage inside the buses 
And I think the weirdest thing about it is that they all have beds and they're all made up with like leopard print sheets and pillows and stuff. <laughs> because Max, you've been to this part of the world. How long would you say the drive from LA to Vegas is? Four and a half hours. Right. It's like, I don't know who they're trying to fool. <laughs> very strange. Very, very strange. Um, yeah, it's it's this very, very strange thing where like they also stop Rudy and Matt to uh, spend some time along the way overnight in California. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, they, they, they're they all, you know, 90% of them get these incredible looking suites at the Nomad Hotel. They're really advertising this, like, beautiful four-star, probably, hotel on the Vegas Strip. But there's a bit of confusion because they're like, where are Matt and Rudy? Uh, Who knows? And it, and it turns out that they have, quote-unquote, decided, question mark, question mark, <laughs> to stay together in this rural motel in a town called Nipton, California, which is an un- unincorporated community with a population of 15 to 20 people. Nipton, California. Why do you think they would choose to avoid the, like, room service and, like, beautiful million thread count sheets in favor of this? <laughs> Did their uh... bus just break down? I don't really understand what's happened here. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, the show has decided that we'll shoehorn in a date here, but we want it to feel organic and spontaneous. But the thing for me that makes it feel organic and spontaneous and fun is that it's not until the end of the episode that we learn that the cabin lodging they're staying in might be haunted. Right. I think they could have made a lot out of this had they chosen to incorporate it in the episode. Think about, like, how often that this show could have just recreated over and over that scene from Ghost as they are wont to do on The Bachelor. Right, right. We're in a Bachelor paranormal activity crossover at this point. I genuinely think that, like, Bachelor Listen to Your Heart is ratings gold, right? Because it combines the Bachelor formula with, like, music, right? Yep. And we have joked about maybe combining Bachelor with, like, a cooking show as another, like, surefire winner. Uh Uh-huh. What if Bachelor got spooky? Like, they properly did, like, a scary-ass Halloween, like, couples have to stay together in a haunted house, and if they win, they get love and a million dollars or something like that. Love it. Where is that show? Like, bring that to me. You know, even if it is, like, they have to go and investigate the haunted ghost sites. I'm so here for that. And every so often there's some slime. (laughs) They should definitely be slime. You know, like, do it with teens. I don't care. Well, okay. I mean, we're, this is now we have to delete this episode because we're going to make the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got some phone calls to make after we yeah. finish recording. There's <laughs> some uh, there's some faff on the other buses that I guess we should touch on. Um, I guess. Uh, Bree and Chris are in love. Uh, Trevor is playing a song for Jamie. I couldn't work out if he wrote this or not. I was frantically Googling lyrics from it. Me and too. I think it is an original song. Yeah, I was... It's kind of not terrible. It was not terrible. She knew the words as well was the only thing that I wasn't um, right. Wasn't sure about. Um, What's but that about? Yeah, outside of that, we don't see much at all. And this show has been so great so far, but I feel like the five-hour bus trip to Vegas is like the first time where we can kind of see the format failing us. Yeah, well, it's almost like they didn't really know what to do with it. Like, either it would have been more interesting to either cut this part completely, or had they been driving a really long way, if we actually get some more of that realism of, like, stuff sort of breaking down and, like, you know, because this is a test for a couple to go on a road trip together. It's an environment that is very different to living in an expensive mansion together. Instead, Um, we're in, like, uh, a luxury bus, you know? Yeah. Give me right. that realism. Give me a, a, a fucking Jeep with a flat tire. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, uh, partially also because like I think the organic tension that the Bachelor creates is kind of offset by the fact that these are pretty much established couples at this point. So a lot of this storytelling kind of feels inessential to what I'm expecting from a show like this. Right. The the event of the episode is basically going to happen in like 70 to 80 minutes time. <laughs> and everything yeah. up until then is like, okay, where's the, come on, give me something, you know? Yeah. So I will say, okay, something interesting happens here. And it is relevant to my discussion about the beds on the buses because when uh, Matt and Rudy arrive in Nipton at the possibly haunted hostel or whatever you want to call it, this space where beds live, um, we see them like kissing by the fireside and then they go into their room and they close the door on the camera and they turn the light off and then there are these mysterious kissy noises. Now, now we've, 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 we've watched a fair bit of Bachelor. This type of stuff does not necessarily come up uh, on Australian Bachelor all that often, but I think American Bachelor likes playing in this ball pit. What do you think might have happened in that room? It's so hard to say because we just haven't experienced it within the framework of the Australian Bachelor, you know? Right. Um, I, it, I think maybe what's um, suggested is some sort of, like, um, a bed, a pillow fort situation. I think you're probably right. Um I, I, that probably makes the most sense. And of course, this is all purely hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Oh no, sorry, this takes place in California. Oh. This is before they get to Vegas. Yeah. So we can probably oh, tell you sorry. that they were both butt naked banging on the <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to look for more evidence throughout the rest of this episode. Okay? Okay. I'm going to see if anything harkens back to that. Okay, cool. We'll get you, get you your magnifying glass. You pay attention right. to that. I'm Detective Pikachu over here. Okay, all right. Well, we have arrived in Vegas, and we're thrown headfirst into the middle of this conversation between Matt and John Mayer Ryan in the new lodging. Mm. So uh, Matt says, I don't know that I'm there there, but I think about Rudy when I wake up. When she's sad, it makes me sad, and I want to make her happy. Uh, Now, are these the core tenets of L-O-V-E love, Zave? It's really interesting. I think there is an interesting bachelor vocab word. Yes. Because essentially to be there means that you're willing to say one of the many secret code words that mean that you're in love. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think by the time you're there, it is expected that you're going to be able to say, I'm falling in love with you. Right. Which is a couple of steps away from I love you or whatever. You know, like, it's all fragments of this greater, like, puzzle. Yeah, I mean, the dramatic underpinning of this episode is the difference between liking someone and liking someone on television, you know? Sure. Like, I think the idea of readiness and particularly uh, readiness to be participant in performative TV love is a really big theme of this episode. And there's a lot that we can learn from it and apply to other bachelor, uh, Bachelor settings. Because, like, yes, they have signed this contract and applied for the show and you make your own bed. Maybe you make a pillow for it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, like we know that these people who are, these are people who are explicitly chasing fame, probably more sure. so than trying to find love. Mm-hmm. And we want these people to behave like actual human people rather than TV characters. So there's an interesting paradox there. Yeah. I think it just needs to be realistic enough that we're willing to go with it within the confines. Right. Like, I think Ryan and Natasha, I know in my logical brain that there is not really anything going on there, but I'm really happy when I see them together. They bounce off each other well. Like, they are willing to preserve the 
like fiction in a way that my stupid reality TV brain will accept. Yeah. And like, I don't have to question it that deeply, but everyone else I think is thinking too hard about it and trying to convince themselves that it's something that it's not where like, come on, just fucking sing some songs. Like I'm having a good time. Right. Exactly. You know, we get bogged down in this like, um, uh, willingness to participate. And that's, you know, that's good in a certain sense because it's nice to see these people behave in a way that feels like relatable or organic almost as much as, you know, the show is doing its job in beefing up the drama here. You know, it's Mm. good to see people behave like adult people with agency and the agency to decide what they're ready for and when and acting according to that code. But, you know, like also I I think it makes for better TV in in that way. Like are Brie and Chris objectively interesting television at this point? No. No. But that's the thing as well, is that because it's been a couple of episodes, they have to start throwing random shit at you. Yeah. Making you fucking panic that they're about to get a shotgun wedding. Like, forced (laughs) to be wed on television. Yeah. Yeah. There are some actual dates to tick off here. Um, Surprise. Yeah. The first one is Brie and Chris. I think everyone gets a date this week. Right. Everyone gets a date this week. Brie and Chris are the first cab off the rank. And my goodness, Xavi, you just said it. We're in a chapel. Yeah. <laughs> so we saw this in the teaser last week and we were like, oh, oh what's no. going on? <laughs> but it turns out they are just like, but, you know, they want you to think that. Like Brie is wearing a white dress. Yep. Like it is shot and put together so that you will have that fucking heart attack. Chris then, is wearing this colorless white shirt. Right. But then what happens is basically nothing. Um, Chris, like, plays a few chords on an acoustic guitar because they're asked to play a song while the wedding's taking place, and Bree is kind of just standing there. We watch this very, like, random, like, not reality TV-seeming, not reality fame-seeking people uh, I I don't I I would be th- I would be desperate to know what their story is and how here it is here's together. their story I can sum oh my it up god for you. please tell me free videography okay I hear you and I I understand but like how much how little money but how much do you want to get married that not only are you already getting like a shotgun Vegas wedding which is going to cost you like I don't know a couple of hundred bucks this doesn't seem to be like a destitute couple no like. I, okay, so I, I see I see what you're saying. Um, however, I will say you're already getting married in Vegas. Why the fuck not get married on TV? Look, I mean, <laughs> maybe that's a good point. But I, I almost feel like if you... They would be pissed off, you know? I feel like they would see the cut of this episode. Like, obviously, it is not, it is not their main goal to be on The Bachelor. <laughs> but, like, I feel yeah. like they're like, this is our wedding. We're this on is TV our big for, day. Yeah. We're on TV for as long as fucking Ryan and Natasha's <laughs> date. <laughs> The construction yard. <laughs> Far out. We'll get to Ryan and Natasha because yes. that was I think that was my favorite date this week. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> without without a question. Yeah. Um but yeah, like Bree and Chris then play Stand By Me at the end of the wedding ceremony. And like I don't know if the song has any significance for the couple. You don't even see them reacting to it. Yeah. I know that Chris has played Stand By Me earlier on this season on piano. So, like, maybe it's just the only song that they both know how to play. <laughs> yeah, we see a lot of songs that are already in Chris's repertoire this week. <laughs> right! Yeah, very, very strange that we're just, like, revisiting um, prior Chris hits. Oh, he's doing a greatest hits set, yeah. Yeah. Like, was he busy? 
I he just know. like he's like talking to the producers like hey we're thinking of sticking around to the final episode but you gotta cut me a break i cannot learn a fourth song yeah <laughs> like i've got bill withers i've got him sorted uh yeah. i've got elvis that's uh, all that i know that's in the back pocket and we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna move on um this is also where that conversation that we were having with eilish gilligan last week about um cultural and religious experiences of love and how quickly that we fall in love was feeling quite uh, resonant mm. to me, like mm. just in this scene with Brie and Chris. Sure. Did you uh, did you happen to watch some of that show that Eilish was talking about last week on the pod? <laughs> did I happen to watch some of it? I'm like, uh, I'm a few episodes into the second season. I have oh, been fuck. binging it like crazy. Okay, tell it's me about really it. It's really good. Uh, so the show we're talking about is called Provo's Most Eligible. Which is not what I had written in my notes here. I had Provo's Most Wanted. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> That gives me an idea for an incredible spin-off of uh. America's Most Wanted, which is America's Most Eligible. Great, great. I, um, I guess that's The Bachelor. Yeah. Anyway, it's called Provo's Most Eligible. Right. Right. It takes place in like the um, the Mormon heartland of Utah, um, where it, and it's a self-financed, self-produced uh, spin... Well, not spin-off. It's like a version of The Bachelor that doesn't quite infringe on any copyright, but it's all made by like 19 to 21-year-olds because... People there get married really young, often yeah. like several times, I guess. Like, it's just like, uh, it's a completely different culture. And it's, I think it's largely to do with the religion and, you know, it's encouragement of people to just find a partner and stick with that partner very early in their lives. But it's also just a cultural thing of that area. It is taken completely as normal by everyone on the show. And they're not even really interested in being like, this is what our town is like, or this is what our life is like. Because I don't think that they expect people outside of Provo will see it, at least for the first little while. Sure. So it is just like, hey, we're doing Bachelor with like us and everyone we go to uni with or whatever. But it is so, I mean, I Max, I genuinely feel like if Bachelor Australia gets pushed back, we should do this show. Yeah, like, okay. We should, we should podcast this show because it's really interesting. There's only like half a dozen episodes. They're all on YouTube. So we'll see how we go this year. But it's, it's fascinating. But it's it, you're right. It's that same thing of like, there is something culturally different here that like you and I aren't really experienced enough to talk about. I think we have a better handle on what things are like in sort of contemporary Australia. And um, that's more of our area of expertise, but this is such an interesting little bubble. Right. And it, it feels like we're getting a, a peek into the bubble here with what's going on with Chris, um, who we know is a bit churchy and with Bree as well. Right. Cause Chris has this moment where he talks about, how his dad who passed away a few years ago, like he would have really loved his dad to be the one to marry him mm -hmm. because he was an ordained minister and like, yeah, totally right. Like that feels like, it feels like marriage and weddings and all of that sort of stuff is so tied in with who they are as people. Right. Exactly. And so for the two of them to find each other on this show and be like given this common bond off the, from the jump, right? like, it, like it's starting to make sense. The pieces are starting to, fall together in a way that they didn't quite before. And I'm sort of like, okay, cool. I understand because this is kind of what you do. Yeah. The next date is for Jamie and Trevor who go ice skating. That's right. So they, they head to the T-Mobile arena, which is the home venue for the Vegas golden Knights, which is the new NHL expansion team who began playing in the uh, 2017 to 2018 season in their inaugural year, they set an expansion team record for wins in a debut season with 34 wins after only 50 games. Wow. And they became the first team since the Edmonton Oilers and Hartford Whalers in the 1979 to 1980 season to make the playoffs in their inaugural season in the league. 
They later became the third team in NHL history to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals in their inaugural season, but would lose to the Washington Capitals in five games. Everyone seems to, you know? Mm. You get to the finals, you lose to the Penguins, you lose to the Caps. Yeah, well, that's not what I said, but I'm impressed that you know more hockey teams. So <laughs> I'll let it slide. Um, okay, so the drama yeah, so, is... Well, Jamie and Trevor, they get on the ice, and despite not having the guidance of the original head coach, Gerard Gallant, or the team's new coach for the 2020 season, Peter DeBoer, they still, <laughs> <laughs> they still managed to score some goals. Oh, dear. And they also make out on the ice, which I think maybe is not standard game procedure. It might even constitute a penalty. Well, there's a lot of physical touching in hockey, you know? I suppose you're right. Maybe it's maybe it's just Biff. Yeah. Uh, like but the- I don't know. They, it's a penalty because they get put on the bench and then they sit down at the <laughs> table on the sideline for a chat. <laughs> so what we're seeing here is Jamie has this big plan to tell Trevor, hey, you know what? I love you. And... There's this... Um, she is, as we would say, there. Yes. Right, exactly. And we don't know if Trevor is there yet. And there's a magical batchy couch and carpet in the middle of the hockey arena. And suddenly we're um, talking about our feelings again. And what I liked about this is that I thought Trevor, who I have written off this season, like mm. two episodes ago, three episodes ago, we were like, look up person in the dictionary. This man is so bland. <laughs> yeah. uh, like... Uh, he does a really fucking emotionally responsible thing here, I thought. Yeah, so, I think you're right. I think it comes out a little blunt, and I think they edit it that way to make it seem like he is uh, kind of a monster. But I think you're right, that he's actually kind of doing exactly the right thing. Right, so he sets Jamie up by saying, I've only said I love you to two people in my life, and I take that super seriously, and that's where I'm at. I respect that you're emotionally invested in this, and so am I, and I want to be the best version of myself because of that. And Mm. I was watching this being like, fuck yeah, transparency, you know, like Mm. particularly on TV in this format, Mm. Trevor of all people has invented a way to dance around it. You know, there are so many people who try this. Yes, exactly. Right. (laughs) There are so many people who have tried to do something like this Mm. and we see Matt try and fail horrifically later. Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) Just one of the ultimate Bachelor crash and burns coming up very soon. But mm. what a good way to say to someone, I like you, but I'm not ready to say the thing that you want me to say on TV. Yeah. But the drama comes from the fact that Jamie is 21 and I think she's a bit naive. Um, it's not a slight on her by any means, but I think she is expecting this conversation to go a different way. Um, because he is basically saying like, you know, before I say that to someone, I want them to know that I really mean it. So I just wanted to, you know, to know what I, that where I am with that and that kind of thing. And then she in voiceover is like, I thought he was about to say it, you yeah. know, like I thought this conversation was like, he was going to say it now. Uh, and then fucking Casey Musgraves rainbow starts playing and it's like, <laughs> Oh my God. It's a cover of it too. Oh yeah. Well, that was so weird. Cause it's like. Sounds almost like Casey Musgraves. I don't know if Casey's just charging extra. Good on her. Get your royalties, you know? Like, what I love about what happens next, though, is that Trevor has, like, he has ice skated around it. He has navigated it in such a precise way. I think that he was emotionally responsible. He did a Mm. really good job. And Jamie is just like, nah! Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is also such confusing editing, because he's like, well, do you want to go for a bit more of a skate? And then they don't show them saying anything. There's no conversation here. 
And then they face each other about two feet apart and they're standing perfectly still. And Trevor is like, I'm proud of you. And he starts to cry. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. What's weird. going on? What, where did this come from? I didn't, like, I didn't understand it. And maybe it's like, I'm proud of you for having the wherewithal to like restrain yourself in this situation and not mm. say I love you. And <laughs> that is all the teeing up that Jamie needs because she's like, Trevor, I'm falling in love with you. She comes in with all the subtlety of a crane and you can yeah. just see it on Trevor's li- like on his lips, on his face. He's just like, oh no, He's I have like, to do well, it. I guess I'm fucking saying it. I guess I have to say it now. And like, I have believed Trevor to be a bit of a turnip through this whole process, but he did the cleverest, kindest, most TV friendly way to codedly say to someone, you know, like I am not ready to do that. Right, he matches her. He doesn't raise her, even though they're in Vegas. Right, exactly. Uh, he just calls her. Yep, and, and he's like, uh, "Fine, me too." Yes, and she screams. She's like <laughs> howling like a banshee. Uh, oh. They kiss on the ice, and I'm like, "All right, I don't. I'm not feeling a lot right now." I'm but not. I'm, yeah, but uh, the thing is, you can sense a change in Jamie immediately after right. this happens, and, and it yeah, echoes it, throughout the whole episode. Absolutely, and it has huge ramifications, not just on. Jamie and Trevor, but also like this choice spills out onto Rudy, who I really like. And then also by proxy, Matt, who definitely is not ready to be in love on TV. Right. And so how it plays out is that Rudy finds out that Jamie has said, I'm falling in love with you to Trevor. She knows that it went well. Mm. She sees the impact that it has on Jamie. Mm. And Rudy is like, okay, girl, me too. I want a piece of that. Fuck yeah. She's like, I'm so ready for that. I'm going to do the same thing and see the same results. She is sliding her chips into the center of the table. (laughs) I don't know a lot about gambling, but I I know a lot about gambling metaphors. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, here's the problem, right? Rudy has 17. Maybe she has 18 here and she's like, hit me. You know, like she's got a good thing with Matt and she's like, Give me more. I want to get to that 21. Mm, which is... As a famous uh, Vegas uh, resident uh, once said in their Vegas residency, give me more. <laughs> right? That's uh, Vegas. Brittany, right? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. But first we have to check in with 52-year-old Orville Richard Burrell, better known <laughs> to you as Shaggy, oh who is God. performing in Las Vegas. Right. They walk in right as he's performing his most famous hit. Which mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah. Well, so before we get there, like, I I was surprised by this, Savvy. Like, I didn't... I Didn't Shaggy do something bad? Is that... I have no it? idea. Oh, no, that's right. It wasn't him. <laughs> yes! <laughs> you got me! Got Why him! I made that many jokes about Shaggy and I didn't see that one coming. Oh, it was right there. Oh, I was, I'm shit. so happy with myself. Fuck, that's so good. Um, one interesting thing that I noticed is that he has updated It Wasn't Me with trap hi-hats in 2020. <laughs> I'm just like, hell yeah, baby. Keep Good. making that money. Bring it in. Make it relevant. So uh-huh. Rudy and Matt, along with um, what seems to be the rest of white middle America, um, mm. performing the Shaggy and Rick Rock classic live on stage. Here's my yeah, question to you. Yeah, they get brought up on stage. Why not? <laughs> well, look, okay, there's, I would say, one compelling argument that maybe, which is to say, why not? Uh, nothing really that romantic about this song, which is about cheating on someone <laughs> and then gaslighting them. Ah, uh, good stuff. It's good yeah. stuff. 
This song uh, held, I just did some research because I was uh, fucking in isolation this week, weirdly enough. Oh. Um, this song held the number one spot on the ARIA chart for four glorious weeks in April 2001 until it was dethroned by Me, Myself and I by Scandalous. Beautiful hit. What a time to be alive. Me, myself and I. So good. Anyway, we end up backstage. Rudy pours her heart out. She the mood is, is set. Shaggy oh. has gotten them all warmed up for this romantic chat. Hand on leg. Rudy is so honest and genuine, and Matt is just not ready. After this big, beautiful declaration of romance and intent, Matt looks into his heart, and Xavier, he says this. You're very courageous for speaking your truth, and I appreciate you doing that. So, um, bit Rudy. <laughs> uh, I think you just you know like being the big romantic person, uh, being able to make this step just wasn't him. True, but also this is an answering machine message. <laughs> You know what I like? Matt is behaving like every company who ends up in a PR crisis. Mm, you know, like the response totally. that he gives to Rudy is like, um, "Yes, the CEO pushed the little boy uh, into a sewer, and sure, um, he was in the middle of a heroin binge when it happened." And okay, yes, we will admit that he was putting forward some pretty loaded racial diatribe at the time. But the thing to concentrate on here is this brave woman who is speaking her truth. And right. we appreciate her doing that. <laughs> this is one of the most horrific because they, they crank up the like background noise as well in these big gaps of silence. It's great. The, the room tone is like a character in this movie. <laughs> uh, oh. And Rudy begins to cry, obviously. She walks away without a war- word and Matt just like takes a sip of his beer. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? You know? Well, well. I've done it now. Like, right. And the thing about this is I like Matt, you know, and we know from before how Matt feels. And right. we also know that this is not how Matt feels because Matt says precisely nothing about how he feels. Right. But it's it's such a mishandling of oh. this situation. Like, it is so impossible to imagine them coming back from this. It's so bad. And, like, r- like the other great thing about this is that in confessional we hear the height of irony, which is Matt saying... Oh, look, I just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Yeah, he's like, I just want to make sure this thing moves forward at the right pace. So I've fucking thrown, like, a <laughs> stick into the wheel of the bicycle. <laughs> uh, you know, and, like, it's interesting because we just saw an example of what I think the right thing would be. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's a similar situation. But this is The Bachelor, you know, and expressing any kind of emotional complexity outside of the phrase, I am falling in love with you, is mm. completely forbidden. Yeah, it's a high-risk situation. High-risk and no reward. <laughs> yeah, totally. To move outside of the very like narrow lane that is provided to you. Right, exactly. So uh, for now, tears fall, dramatic apex, and we cut immediately to Ryan and Natasha smashing stuff. <laughs> this cut was so good. I got whiplash for how like crazy this was. I don't think it was even a commercial break. I think they nope. were just like, well, we can't leave them on that. Here we go. Record scratch. <laughs> you might Ryan... be wondering how we got here. <laughs> right. 
the chat show of Ryan, I'm like, thank fucking God they're still on the show for the moment. Thank yep. God. Yep. They have not said a word this entire episode. And with no explanation, they are wrecking cars together at this construction yard. I, I, sure. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're unsupervised, like handling this high intensity equipment. Uh, somebody in the group watch live chat thread pointed out that they're wearing gendered high-vis vests, which is really strange. She's got so a pink funny. one. So you can tell them apart, I guess, in the 20 seconds they're on screen here. My word. Um, by the way, group watch is something that we've been doing over on the Bachelor of Hearts uh, Osh posting Facebook group. If that's something that you're interested in, we'll set up a time. You join the group. We'll do a post about it. We'll all watch it together. The finale is this week. We'll, uh, we'll sort out a time. Yeah, I'll be there. I think it's going to be really fun. Fuck yeah. This date lasts like 20 seconds, as I said. I think it should last like 20 minutes. There's a world in which all of this footage exists, and it's sitting on a hard drive somewhere, and I want it, please. <laughs> I think I think I got all I need from this when Ryan what? gave this perceptive confessional. He mm. says, smashing stuff feels incredible. <laughs> all right, the Hulk. <laughs> So we pay no mind to Raitasha going forward. There's 45 seconds on a batchy couch. We're kissing mm. in high-vis. It's time to sing. Right, and so this is the point where we also kind of awkwardly smash cut to everyone receiving their songs. Uh-huh. And I don't know if we necessarily need to go through all of them, but there's this incredible moment where I think it's kind of the beginning of the end for Ryan and Natasha here, which is they're given their song Perfect by Ed Sheeran featuring Beyonce. Uh-huh. Um, a song that is interesting, I suppose. Um, it's an interesting choice for them. Natasha is absolutely overjoyed. Like she is thrilled. And Ryan sort of flatly says, well, I feel like you know this song better than I do. And Natasha's like, it's such a beautiful song. I can't wait to like change it up. I've got all these ideas. And Ryan's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so this is the thing. I thought that, um, it was a a lot of Ryan's intent to rearrange it as well. You know what? I think you're right, actually. He was like, yeah, the song's fine. Let's, uh, I'm going to, I've got some ideas. Yeah. Um, Which I think my answer is- I'm going to fix it. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Imagine getting an Ed Sheeran and Beyonce song and being like, do you know what could be improved here? (laughs) Do you know how this could be improved? (laughs) Ryan, what's his name from Bachelor, (laughs) Listen to Your Heart? I think I know how to fix this song. He's my the reason it wasn't a huge, colossal hit. (laughs) I the do reason think... nobody ever heard of the names Ed Sheeran and Beyonce. Right, right. Um, I do think that this is like, uh, we learn a bit here about the agency the contestants have in changing the arrangements of the performances. And retroactively, right. I do want to say that leads me to believe that Brandon, who we might remember performed two pretty schmaltzy AM radio rearrangements of otherwise interesting 80s pop songs. Yeah. I think that's his jam, man. Yeah, which sucks. <laughs> I kind of suspected it, I guess, maybe. Or I don't know. I thought it was just like they were playing to something about him in giving him those versions. But right. no, like that, that was his idea. He got the acoustic guitar and he's like, I know what's going to make this pop, making it more boring. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, you're totally right. I want to give Natasha and uh, Ryan credit for consistently trying to make these songs more interesting and pop within this format. Yeah. And I think it doesn't strictly work that well this episode and we'll talk about it. But like, as we were saying, it's a high risk, high reward situation, I think. Yeah. Like they are one of the couples that's breaking outside of the mold of this show. Look, they're good performers and they should be applauded for taking creative risk. And the thing about creative risk is that it doesn't always pay off. Right. 
Jamie and Trevor will perform Just a Kiss by Lady Antebellum, which mm-hmm. I hadn't heard before. Uh, I really like as a pop song now. Yeah, good song. I, yeah. I, I was shocked that Lady Antebellum hadn't come up before this. Yeah. Because it's like the bacheloriest band I can think of. <laughs> uh, Can't Help Falling in Love With You goes to Brie and Chris. We've seen it before. This is really interesting because they are absolutely gobsmacked that this happened. They're like, oh my God, it's our this song. is our song. And it's like, yeah, you were filmed playing <laughs> that song. That's yes. why they gave it to you. <laughs> like if they were going back through their back catalog of classic hits, as I think they're doing in this episode, what's left that, oh my gosh, so nervous, like speak oh singing God. fucking catastrophe. That's next week. I can't wait. Oh, for the finale. Oh my gosh, so nervous. I hope I that they too. do original songs in the finale. I hope that's the plan. Can't wait. I, I like that would be a dream for me. I don't imagine that it can be how it falls, but I doubt it. Bring it to me. And what also, what also I liked about this is that we saw both uh, Jamie and Trevor and Matt and Rudy in actual rehearsal for this week's right. performances. Did they listen to the pod, Xavi? Did they listen to Matt <laughs> Farley on the pod? I think you're right. I think they totally did, which is awesome. And that means I think that Matt is going to be on the next season. Uh, it has to be, definitely. Yeah. We are, um... Which they'll definitely do another season because it's rated <laughs> so well. I don't think people are watching this show. I don't think so either. And it makes me so sad because this is like the most invigorated that I've felt by a Bachelor franchise in a long time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I will say, actually, Eilish tagged me in something on Twitter, which is uh, the next song that, that Matt and Rudy get assigned, which is Shallow from A Star Is Born, actually re-entered the charts this week. No way. Um, I have no idea if it has anything to do with this TV show. Has to be. Um, well, you mean, I mean, what else is going on with A Star Is Born right now, really? It's the whole thing of this song. Is it maybe ramping up to Gaga's new album or something? Uh, like, what could yeah. be spiking the chart? I don't know. I mean, uh, where else is Lady Gaga making cultural appearances this week? I genuinely don't know. Uh, I mean, if you rewatch like a three season old episode of Drag Race, maybe. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it, th- this is the cool part that you actually see some of this um, rehearsal stuff. You even see uh, while Matt and Rudy are working on their cover, the like musical director, producer guy who gets like bummed out by their version. He's like, he steps out from behind a keyboard and he's like, uh, I feel like everything just died <laughs> as soon as you started singing that. Which is great. You know, like, this is how these things work, and it's cool mm. to see the process, and I'm glad that we got to do that as part of this show. And it also shows the people... I mean, I wish there was more of this, yeah. but it shows that Matt is really not standing up to this very well. Like, he throws a bit of a temper tantrum, in my opinion. Talk to He's me. He's like, if... Well... The producer guy is like, oh, yeah, I was really grooving on Rudy. She sounds like fucking Lady Gaga. She's doing, like, her American <laughs> Idol vocal runs and shit. It's, like, cool. And then Matt opens his mouth. and it's, uh, well, You know, he doesn't really say that, but it's, like, that's the vibe. Yeah. And Matt goes, like, if I can be completely honest with everyone in this room, this whole thing has been an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> Physically, mentally, it's been a lot. And maybe it's just, like, Matt is in my bad books from earlier. Um, well, I think we're also seeing the strain of reality TV in all of its different formats coming together and being projected onto this man who is feeling pressured to express love and perform. It it is this moment as well when they are like, he is having this freak out, Mm. you know, it 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 lasts 10 seconds, but when he is having this moment and they show some reaction shots of some of the band members that I start wondering like, who actually are these band members? Cause they've been the same collaborators throughout this whole time. They're coming on the tour buses with them. 
I would love if they had little in the moments or if they had little, like if we got to know like what they thought about what was going on and they were like, yeah, Matt was being a baby in rehearsal. Cause I think you see some of that stuff in like, uh, idol and the voice and stuff. Like you get people reacting to the characters. We hear from John Foreman for sure. Yeah. I would be so curious to hear, I don't know if it's just like an oral history of listen to your heart or like if we could reach out to like, I don't know, the dude who plays bass for this show or something. Like I'd be so curious. Yeah. I mean like they're all tagged in the um, Instagram posts that the performers do. Like I'm looking at, yeah. Like Ryan Vaughn is the drummer in the band who is like an artist manager and uh, drummer and seems to do a bunch of uh, his own, his own stuff. Um, Head bitch music uh sinking creative so he works for a company like that okay head batch music maybe oh hello <laughs> hello i wonder if the may i think the band might also have their own instagram account we'll have to have a look oh that's sick mm. we should get them to do a cover of the theme song baby yes <laughs> zave it is time for the performances and yeah. to meet the judges for this week first up <laughs> a man named ari and his wife lauren i think he was the bachelor Right, he was The Bachelor on the 2018 season of The Bachelor. Ari famously proposed to Rebecca on the final episode of that season, but then he broke up with her very, very publicly on camera and then reunited with Lauren, who was his runner-up, with whom he then got engaged on the After the Final Roads special. American Bachelor is so fucking crazy, Max. That's insane. Yeah, I know. So This all plays out within like two weeks of TV. So he's described as like the kissing bandit or something? Yeah, I think that was like a fun nickname that he had during the season because he would always like corner people and like make out with them against a wall during Ooh. rose ceremony. Or no, not during rose ceremonies. That would be insane. Uh, during like cocktail parties and stuff like that. Like that was the fun nickname that he had before he got the nickname of, like, one of America's most hated men or whatever. That's so fascinating because we spent, like, nine seconds with him on the camera. And yeah. this is... I wrote this down. This is my take of him. He is very charming and I like him. Yeah, he seems nice. But I think the thing is, he is working overtime. He has been pushing the last couple of years to regain his credibility. I uh-huh. think, because it was like almost like a Honey Badger level scandal. No way. That he Well, because he tore Rebecca's fucking heart out on oh, camera. Oh, no. It was like deeply uncomfortable and long unedited shot of him like doing it and then immediately going and proposing to Lauren. Like tough stuff. Oof. And now... Lauren and Ari work together as Arizona real estate agents. They have a one-year-old baby with over 300,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> and they like they like post as the baby, and they're like, Goo Goo Gaga, my mom and dad are on TV tonight. That's Tune so in funny. at 8.30 on ABC, whatever. Oh, I love them. I'm going to have to watch that. <gasps> yeah. Uh, I mean, prepare yourself. Mm. Uh, plus also Pat Monaghan from Train is here. Yeah, he's the... Uh, He's the. I didn't realize they had a front man. I thought they had a conductor. Ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> funny. Good. Uh, <laughs> a joke I made earlier this week, and I am repeating. Uh, uh, he's a songwriter. Then, sure, yeah, he's the guy from Train. I mean, you know, <laughs> cool. He's had two he big is, hits. He is there to judge not just the best singer, but also the best soy latte that he's ever had. <laughs> Um. <laughs> um, plus also Ashley Simpson and Evan Ross um, So right. I didn't know who Evan Ross was I think Ashley Simpson rules Pieces of Me is a great record 
Totally. And uh, yeah, they're like a power couple. I didn't know really, but they've been together for a long time. Uh, Evan Ross is related to Diana Ross. I think he's like a, a son, child, or yeah, right, he's okay, yeah. Diana Ross's mum. Wait, no, that's he's not right. Diana Ross's mum. Nope, interesting. Yeah, he's looking good. Oh yeah, he's he's going great. Um, so yeah, yeah that's that man. He's also in nine hundred two one zero. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then weirdly, I don't know if you picked up on this, but all of Ashley Simpson's comments are actually pre-recorded, and she's just lip-syncing to them. <laughs> Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, particularly because every comment is um la la. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know. Well, you know, you I know. Mean, I like it's the feedback she gives is like I, it's nice to like really get the journey with her. Like, I mean, even after this first performance, she's like, "Look, on a Monday, I was waiting for this performance <laughs> to start, and by Tuesday, I got to tell you, I was fading. Wednesday, couldn't breathe." Mm. I can't remember the fucking Ashley Simpson lyrics. Mm, all right. Uh, all my studying this week was on Shaggy. Brie and Chris are first up to do I Can't Help Falling In Love With You. And not even for a single second do we cut away from them to a confessional. Interesting. I think maybe on a subconscious level, that is partially why I enjoyed it so much. I really don't have anything snarky to say about it. Me neither. They like are holding hands and singing right into each other's eyes for the first half, but then they kick it up a notch in the bridge, mm-hmm. builds to this really satisfying final chorus. And, like, none of the judges have anything negative to say either. It's just, like, you guys will win. Yeah. Like, they're the winners. They pink Chris for a little bit of pitchiness. I didn't hear it. I don't know. No, Did you I have any more thoughts? Um, Ari says, Brie, I feel like you have hearts coming out of your eyes, which I think is interesting because that's almost exactly what Kesha said about oh, Sheridan. Oh, yeah, that's true. Love in his eyes. Yeah. Hmm. Should we be worried? Or I, don't I don't know. know. I Like, to be honest with you, this is filming in, what, well, you'd have to think the last two weeks of February by this point. Something like that. Yeah. Um, which is like the height of COVID as it's taking uh, off in the US. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's even slightly before that and maybe we're talking like Valentine's time. Oh, hello. I don't know. Um, so here's Jamie and Trevor. Um, and Jamie has seemingly overcome all of her stage fright simply through receiving Trevor's love. Right. Which is like, oh, don't stake everything on that. But, right. Yeah. Know. But for the moment, like, it is nice to see her being like, I'm feeling myself. Let's go. Who's yeah, it's a rock cool. Star? Yeah, she gives this great OTT confessional uh, where she's like miming, pushing the dark voices aside. And look, wh- whatever works, you know? Like, yeah. it's that kind of thing where it, whatever you have to tell yourself, good, as long as maybe after this, go see someone and talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really want her to continue to grow as an adult, I guess. 100%. But then they go out and they own it. We don't need to rush this. Let's just take it Just a kiss on your lips in the moonlight. Just a touch of the fire burning so bright. No, I don't want to mess this thing up. I don't want to push too far. Just a shot in the dark, but she just smiles. 
I think it starts a little wooden, maybe. They're doing this, like, pregnant prom couple pose together for the opening bars. Um, but, you know, they're, like, loosening up. They're doing a bit of dancing together on stage. You can really tell Jamie's confidence has improved a lot. And then, do you know who else was good this week? Who's that? Fucking Trevor. Right, yeah, he, he uh, you know, I don't know. I don't care about Trevor. I wasn't even barely looking at him, but tell me. Oh my God, he was great. I just thought that he really was like a, a, an excellent performer this week, you know? Have I, you come around on Trevor? Comeback player of the season, now? book it. Interesting. You know? like, I, Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how it's come around, but like, I was like, Trevor did an emotionally responsible thing, and then he performed really well. I was in on Trevor this week. I thought he was okay, good. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Here's where I, I get confused, I'm though. St- I'm still at the level where I can't see him. Like, he is, like, just a ghost that's walking <laughs> And I'm like, Trevor's here somewhere, but I can't... I got not sure where he... Yeah, yeah, he must yeah. have come from that mansion. He must mm. have been in the Rudy and mm, Rudy Matt date, yeah. Um, so Ashley Simpson and Evan, uh, kiss during their performance, which I feel like you would only do if you were really like disengaged and uninterested in the show. Like, shouldn't they be focusing on judging? <laughs> they were feeling it. I guess. I mean, yeah. And the song's like, just a kiss, on. you know? I guess. Yeah. yeah I guess. What are you going to do? I don't want to, I don't want to be anti-kiss on this podcast. I'm no, not at all. pro-kiss. We know. Yes. Here's where I get confused though. Okay. What on earth did Lauren say at the end here to Trevor and Jamie? I listened to it four times, <laughs> and the piece of feedback that she gives to Jamie and Trevor is this. And easy. I think you guys have a goofiness between you that I recognize because we have that as well, and I think it makes for a really strong couple if you're able to joke around. It's really great. So uh, I'm going to have to play that again because they're sharing something, and I don't know what it is that they have. Okay, let's go again. You guys have a goofiness between you. A good what? Penis. Penis. A good penis. They've got a good penis between them. Tell me you caught this. Yeah, this is definitely, I clocked it. I was like, what the fuck did she say? It, It was so lucky that I was watching in a group chat because I think somebody managed to decode. This is still a guess. It's hypothetical and honestly... Any of this stuff might not have happened because it was in Vegas, but uh, apparently it was goofiness, I think. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, whose penis? <laughs> Maybe you know? goopiness? Goopiness. Like Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, yeah. This is, what I'm, this is what I'm here for. Do you know, I've watched some of that show on Netflix with Danny, the, um, oh, the Gwyneth Paltrow the goop goop Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. There's some, it's uh, definitely I'm like some surprised. hardcore bullshit, but it's yeah. fascinating. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, are we going to cover it on the podcast? Definitely not. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> uh, Ryan and Natasha are next. I will say this. Seems like there is a good penis between these guys. Yeah, hey, I hey, hey. speculate, but... It's a disaster. I never knew you were Yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing, right? Uh, they mess with the arrangement um, in a way that I think makes Ryan's disdain for the original song quite clear. Yeah. 
Um, you can tell that he is not really interested in doing a faithful version. And, you know, he like writes in a guitar part for himself, which turns into like a sort of Santana sort of thing. Or I, I, I don't really, I don't really know what's going on here. The performance yeah. is also thrown off. I think the number one weirdest part that I want to spotlight is, as Jamie points out, Ryan is playing guitar whilst also holding a wireless mic in his hands. Don't understand. I like I can't I something has gone wrong to the most like to the most epic extent because that does not make sense to any musician, right? Okay, so there are a few reasons that I think somebody might do this and I have ranked them I've compiled a list and ranked them in order from least likely to most likely. Excellent. Okay, okay let's go. So number 1, the microphone is stuck to his hand. Maybe Ryan has like Spider-Man powers and mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to make the microphone unstick. Uh, maybe he has Magneto powers. He doesn't know how to make the microphone unstick. Like definitely this type possible. Of stuff does happen from time to time. Look, he could be a comic book. Ve- Look, he could be. Oh, fuck that. I'm just not going to say that anyway. <laughs> Number two, Ryan is planning to use the rounded part of the microphone as a slide for his guitar. Oh. Which, like, maybe you would do, except he doesn't do it. So you know that feels less likely just because there's no evidence. Didn't happen. Number three, Ryan doesn't know how to work a mic stand and (laughs) he doesn't trust himself. Uh, But I think probably the most likely thing is that somebody gave Ryan some advice that being stuck behind a mic stand with a guitar is making his performance less interesting, which is true. And having a wireless mic would free him up, much like what was so interesting about their performance last week when they like walked out into the crowd but he has sort of misinterpreted the advice or he's not grasped it or maybe he thought he was going to be given like a Britney mic that's strapped on and then he was just handed this. But I also want to introduce a bit of a conspiracy theory here. And okay. I don't even know if I believe this, but I just want to put it out there because uh, that's what people with podcasts and people in media <laughs> just fucking do these days is this is probably untrue, but it needs to be said to an audience. Um you can see that he is actually handed this wireless mic by Natasha while she is singing her part. Only she hands it to him like 16 bars early, like before he comes in. So I'm like, is this a deliberate act of sabotage? Oh, I don't like, I would, mm. I, I don't know, but I would love to hear her side of the story. It is a rare misfire from this couple who genuinely seem like they're pretty on top of their shit most of the time. Yeah. So afterwards we learn that, Natasha, she says she sang the wrong vocal part, which I think accounts for some of it, right? I think that's probably it. And I think, honestly, she had a cue associated with a vocal part that probably also meant that was when she was going to hand the, the microphone over. Right. Um, and the whole thing just kind of collapses. At that point, it collapses inwards. You look at the drummer who's sort of like, what's going on here? I don't, right. I don't quite understand what this is. But part of it is also like the arrangement, you know? Uh, yeah. The yep. purpose of rearranging a song is to interpret it in such a way that it enables you to play to your strengths and to mm. deliver something distinctive and not necessarily um, to show how clever you are at jazz. Sure. Totally agree. And I think like this is the part that makes me just ache for a version of this show where they talk more about the process yeah. and they show a bit more from the band members because like, it's probably a time issue. Like they probably just didn't get enough time to iron out all the creases or maybe it wasn't communicated properly in rehearsal. Like something happened. I have no doubt that this could be good. Right. Exactly. It's a, it, And it totally like they are trying to play to their strengths. Yeah. I, like but I totally agree. Right. This. I mean, this is kind of the thing. Like they are. 
very, very much playing to their strengths, but it needs to be edited, I guess right. is what I'm saying. You know, like yeah, there, yeah. there is a certain amount of like um, o- over-intelligence. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> I think so. Mm. I think so. That's, go- that's gone into this that, um, you know, like I feel like sometimes the the time required to it would be impairing something like this back a little bit, you know, yes, like take totally. it as far as you can take it and then pull it back and let's uncomplicate this so that right, this part we don't end working. up with situations like this where we're performing the wrong part. All of a sudden you're trying to play a guitar solo with a fucking microphone in your hand. In what Ugh. universe is a guitar solo required on the bachelor? Listen to your heart. This is the other part about it. And uh, Pat Monaghan from train chastises Ryan for playing the guitar after this, you know, mm. like, and I'm not here to criticize Ryan's, guitar playing like i have played many many worse guitar solos than ryan played than that sure, in my he's, life he's good at guitar yeah for sure you know uh, but i think what what happens is that ari really nails it here he's like i was watching the performance but in the same breath i was watching a performance yeah you know yeah. which is so perceptive it's like at the crux of how it can go wrong for all of these couples and at the at the heart of it like it's a nice way of saying well sure you made some mistakes but what made it more of a mistake was that the the way you did it felt inauthentic. And I agree yeah. with that. It didn't feel natural. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And like, look, everyone has bombed. I've bombed so many times in my life. Oh, totally. I don't want to put any blame on them at all. No, really. fuck no. Like, uh, how do you recover from something like this? Well, I mean, do you mean it in terms of a performance? Yeah. Like, I, I, hopefully you would get to play more songs, yeah, you true. know, and just be like, you know, or talk to the crowd or something. Yeah. The show really is not a good format for recovery. Like, it's like, Everything must be perfect for the three and a half minutes you're on stage and then nothing else matters. Right, right, exactly, you know? and But then emotionally, like, afterwards, fuck, there's, like, the other night, I, I made a dumb mistake in a Zoom chat that I was in and then I spent the rest of the night feeling bad about it. Did you do a typo? No, I accidentally spoiled the ending of a TV show for someone. Oh, shit. Yeah. Was it Survivor? Yes. Oh, fuck. I know. It's bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is a Survivor spoiler free zone, by the way. We're not going to do I'm it like, here on this part. I'm like 40 seasons behind. So. <laughs> so, lastly, it is Rudy and Matt to perform Shallow. My word. Matt actually seems to be playing the guitar part, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, he's a good guitar player. He's a good guitar player. Like, if you're going to fill the, like, boring white guy acoustic guitar trope, I'm glad that he is at least playing the notes. I think Rudy does a good job. Um, she is doing the American Idol, like, vocal run thing that I think is her trademark. She does, like, a pretty great job of the, like, part, (laughs) which I dare not try and make an actual attempt at on the podcast. Um, but like, you know, it retains a lot of the weird power of the original, I think. And, and to Matt's credit, I think he really steps up to the plate because he collapses on stage and pees his pants at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? I don't know. I liked it. I thought this was the, um, best in show for the night. I thought it was maybe the best performance of the season, you know, like Rudy is such a singer and Matt was like, he was really competent 
you know, and that's not to say, like, that's I don't mean that in uh in a you don't bad mean way. It snarkily, yeah. Like the the Bradley Cooper role in this song is not to stand out, you know. Sure. The Bradley Cooper that's role true. in this song is to let Lady Gaga shine. And, right. That's the plot of this. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like um, and Matt's talking uh, afterwards about like, hey, Rudy did so good, and I was just trying to enable her to to do so good, and he would do so well to hitch his wagon here, you know? Like, I think that Matt is a great musician, but I would say that, um, you know, maybe his hair is more distinctive than anything about his performance. (laughs) Yeah. So my advice would be just to lock in. You know? He just has the vibe of, like, a session guy to me. Like, he's great. He's not, he's a great he musician. He doesn't have a lot of star power, but That's he can, it. he's fully, like, competent, is, seems so mean of a word, but that's truly what he is. Like, he's a good musician and performer, right. and he delivered on the brief. Yes. That's all you can ask in a situation like that, and it made Rudy look so fucking good, and that is right. a credit to Matt. And there is no negative feedback at all from any of the judges. Nope. Pat Monaghan, the train conductor, says it was magical. He says it was really exceptional and real, um, which is interesting because it's like, this is the relationship that I think is having the most trouble this week, right? Right, yeah. So it's like, I don't know, can we tell if a relationship is working from a musical performance? Maybe not. Hard the to say. The whole show's bunk now, I guess. <laughs> They've disproved their thesis. Dear. Um, look, yeah, the judges loved it. And the a cappella rendition of the song backstage... Completely unnecessary. Yeah, didn't need it. Didn't need <laughs> it's it. It's like, listen, we shelled out a lot of money for these rights. Uh, we're going to milk the thing for as much as well. Because it's been in like every second promo as well. Right, exactly. You know, this was the moment that the show was building to. And for yeah. me, like, it delivered. I, I felt like um, even maybe a couple of little goosies as it was happening. I was like, okay, oh, yeah. cool. This is where we've gotten to with this show where I'm invested enough to know that this means something to the production that they have been building to this for a bunch of weeks. And here it is. And it's good. Which is why I hope, and we will probably be proven wrong in a matter of days, but I would hope that this is now going to allow them to do something original for the last week. Fingers crossed. Because like, this is the first words out of Chris Harrison's mouth. It's like, we were so enchanted by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's love story. (laughs) Now we've gotten there. Bookended. Great. Move on. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, obviously, it's Ryan and Natasha who are headed home. Uh, I would have liked to see them in the finals over um, Jamie and Trev because I think Ryan is a good musician and I love hearing Natasha sing. Yes, and I think uh, Rudy and Matt had a bad enough moment this week that it could have been them heading home, but it just so happened that that performance was pretty pretty much flawless. Yeah, pretty spot on. They kind of like lip-synced for their life <laughs> this show. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan and Natasha, they're like, you know, they're gathering outside. They're like, Ryan says, I don't want this to end. I can't wait to see what the future holds. And then they chat outside and Natasha's like, I feel like I don't deserve you. I appreciate you so much. And it's like very unclear as to whether they're going to stay together. Do you think being knocked off the dating reality show means that you can't, like your your dating is going to end? Do you think there's a future there? I don't know. Like, I, so I, there's been no posts about it, but... um. Natasha has been hinting that there might be more Ritasha content to come. That's the thing. I feel like their collaboration, uh, ha- it, it, you know, there's fruit there. Yeah. Um, ripe for the picking. <laughs> right. 100%. How could I not think of a Las Vegas metaphor? And instead I said, there's fruit ripe for the picking. <laughs> yeah. Instead we went to fucking down south. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, well, look, you know, um, the the low hanging fruit is uh, often the sweetest, Zave, mm. and that's what we got here uh, on the Bachelor of Heart podcast. Uh, nothing in depth, and instead a bunch of surface level jokes about Shaggy. Can I um just because I did the research? Can I tell you a little bit about Nipton, California? Please. This rural town of fifteen to twenty people, some of which are ghosts. Um, the town is under development at the moment. It is being transformed into a cannabis themed resort. Oh. Love it. Isn't that interesting? That's cool. Good for what them. What does that mean? Okay. Great. I mean, cool. Okay. How do you imagine that playing out? Uh, there's like a water slide, but it's a bong water. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. Um, roller coaster, but it's like rolling a joint, maybe. Mm, um, massage oh, oil yeah, yeah. is made Just of fucking... hemp, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just, like, really good Uber Eats options nearby, I guess. <laughs> um, Any resort can be cannabis-themed if you are willing to smuggle something on a plane. Hey, there you go. Um, we are, yeah, it's a, it's a temporary existence <laughs> that we live. And, and why not spend your time in, in Nipton, California? Hmm. <laughs> we are being paid by the Nipton Board of <laughs> Tourism. <laughs> Uh, yeah, great. There's like that movie that you've always been meaning to watch that's on TV now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It just happens to be starting right at the right time <laughs> and you don't want to get up and change the channel. Right. The whole thing's happening. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for telling me about hammocks. Hammocks. Yeah. Oof. Improve my, improve my overall experience. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us here on another episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Well, next week, I just want to say, next week, they're hitting the road again, and they've done Los Angeles, and they've done Vegas. They're heading to Nashville, Tennessee. It's Music City. What do you think is going to happen there? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Me neither. I don't know why I set you up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to find out. Uh, we'll be back next too. week. Yes, we will. Sensational episode. Max, we actually did come here to make friends. I've heard uh, this we were friendless this week, um, apart from each other, of course, and our dear listeners. Yeah, okay, look, I take um, it back. Can you feel Lots the love tonight? I can. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you want to join our uh, ever-expanding network of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find us on LinkedIn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or just check down the old uh, Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook, we, as Max said, we'll be doing a live uh, watch this week, which I think will be really fun. So come along. Um, track us down on Twitter and Instagram at BOHpod. Uh, what else? I'm going to go on Eilish's Drag Race podcast this week. Oh, that's great. That's fun. Good for you. Yeah. Jump so on Barb Ploys. down too. Barbara Ploys. Yeah, good stuff. Um, well, lots of good lots of good times to be had from uh, Xavier Aaron. Yeah. yeah, I'm putting a single out in a couple of weeks. Just it's all it's all coming up, Xavier. Oh, how exciting! Yeah, 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 we'll talk about it. Is it the self-talk one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Max, uh, what's going on? You got anything? Uh look, no. Honestly, I'm um, <laughs> shit. I'm I'm moving slow, and I'm happy about it. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right. Well, you know, I mean, keep it real. Uh, wear a seat. No, I always say wear a seatbelt. Drink some water. Drink some water. Try and get outside, have a walk. Yep. Get some of that vitamin D. Your body is craving it right now. That's it, you know? Get a good penis between you. <laughs> as often as I can. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, all right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'll, I love you very much and uh, wish you all the very best. Listeners, we love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.